following boys and girls, children of all ages. Welcome to another edition of My Two Cents Podcast, episode 30, which is entitled Corruption. Now, before I get into my topics, let me list off the national food holidays for the week. Today, July 11th, is Blueberry Muffin Day and Mojito Day. Tomorrow, July 12th, will be Pecan Pie Day. July 13th, French Friday. July 14th, Grand Marnier Day. July 15th, Tapioca Pudding Day and also Gummy Worm Day. July 16th, Ice Cream Day, and also Corn Fritter Day, and July 17th, Peach Ice Cream Day. Now, before I get into my topics, I do want to backtrack on one thing that I talked about last episode and give an update. I want to give an update on the Shikari Richardson um, update on her whole Olympic trial, which is basically, long story short, she would not be participating in the Olympics, the United States Olympic team decided to not add her onto the relay team for this year's, well, not this year's, for this edition of the Olympics because she failed her, uh, she tested positive for marijuana in her drug test. Now, me and my brother had a discussion while we were going up to Myrtle Beach and we were talking about how the situation is different between her and how Michael Phelps. Now, I didn't know much about the whole Michael Phelps situation until I did a little bit of research on it. And an article brought me up on how Michael Phelps and Shakari Richardson's uh, suspension is quite different. And this is coming from Sporting News. And the title reads, How Shakari Richardson's Olympic Suspension Differs from Michael Phelps' 2009 Suspension. And it goes as stated, Richardson is facing a 30-day suspension from testing positive for marijuana. Phelps' penalty after the photo leaked was much stiffer. In 2009, uh, Michael Phelps... A photo leaked of him smoking marijuana from a bong, and this is coming, like, after the Olympics. And this basically pays a big role into Michael Phelps, how it got, how his suspension got stiffer. The United States swimming suspended Phelps from competing for three months and said that it will withdraw its financial support from him. The fallout from Phelps' suspension included more than just an inability to compete, though. Kellogg announced that it would not renew its aspiring sponsorship deal with Phelps. One other major difference between the Richardson and Phelps case is the timing. Phelps was suspended in February 2009, six months after the 2008 Olympics and five months before the 2009 World Championships. Richardson's suspension goes into effect less than a month before the start of the 2021 Tokyo Olympics. Another difference between the two situations was Richardson's ingested marijuana in a state, Oregon, where it is legal, whereas Phelps' image came out. Non-medical use of marijuana was illegal nationwide, although that does not appear to be a factor in the penalty. Long story short is, ladies and gentlemen, Richardson got um, penalized because she tested positive for marijuana like a couple weeks before they have to get travel themselves over to Tokyo and get themselves quarantined for those 14 days while Phelps photo came out months after the Olympics. I don't understand why the Olympics still test for marijuana in the great uh, country that we're in now. 
yes, this country is great, but it still has some flaws. I will continue to say that every time anybody talks about America here. Um, we still test for marijuana, which that shouldn't be the case anymore. Marijuana is starting to become legal in every it's starting to become legal in every state. Before 2022 is done, I suspect marijuana will be legal throughout the whole United States. Um, it's always been illegal because Uncle Sam wanted to get attacked, wanted to get his piece of the pie on the whole marijuana franchise. People selling it underground, and Uncle Sam just could never find a way how to tax it. I learned that out in school um, because my professor, not professor, but my high school teacher, uh, was filling out questions and he answered why marijuana was basically illegal and he just broke it down quite simple. Uncle Sam has to figure out a way how to break himself into that pie, how people can pay him for marijuana. And now since medical marijuana is becoming legal and Uncle Sam's getting himself a piece of the pie, why not just let marijuana run rampant? People use marijuana. Now, I do want to break this right now. Richardson was dealing with the cause and fallout of her mother passing. Now, everybody deals with things differently. I would happen to just want to just be alone at that time. I'm a guy that if something happens to me, I, I just want to be alone. I just want to be with my thoughts. I've never been the person to drink or do any recreational type of paraphernalia. I am just me, myself, and I, and I just talk to my family. That's it. Other people, they have their own ways of coping. Her happened her, she happened to smoke some marijuana. I see nothing wrong with it. I never saw smoking marijuana as a bad thing. You're only doing something to yourself. Marijuana doesn't hurt anybody. If anything, it just makes you just relaxed out and just probably hungry. And that's about it. I haven't seen people go out in fits of rage for marijuana like you would see people go on fits of rage if they drink alcohol or they congest some type of cocaine or any other type of drug. I've never heard somebody going on a rampage for marijuana unless somebody laced up that marijuana, as in laced, ladies and gentlemen, is putting something inside marijuana that isn't supposed to be mixed with marijuana. She happened to just smoke marijuana, and that's it. She didn't hurt nobody else. She was trying to cope with losing her mother. If you could talk to anybody that has lost a parent, and specifically a mom. I'm not trying to diss the fathers out there. Certain people are extremely daddy girls or they have a father figure that they couldn't live without. But almost everybody in this planet, almost everybody on this planet has a mother. And usually whenever you hear about a parent dying, people always say that losing a mother hurts worse than losing a father. I haven't experienced any of that because both of my parents are still here on this earth. Thank God. But the thing is, I haven't experienced that. And if you have never experienced it, I don't think we should be able to judge to how this person reacted in it, especially since she didn't hurt nobody. She was only congesting something herself. She didn't go out and start fighting other, other people. She was just congesting something herself. She should be able to compete in the Olympics under these circumstances. But the rules are the rules in the Olympics situation I don't understand why we still test for marijuana in any type of capacity, but that's just my opinion on that. Now, let me break into my corruption topics, and I want to talk about two big corruption topics. The first one I want to talk about is the Tom Girardi topic. If you don't know who Tom Girardi is, Tom Girardi is, or I should use this word, was a big, high-profiled 
attorney in the Los Angeles uh, community. He was a guy that uh, won big cases. As a matter of fact, I want to read something to you right now. Um, Tom Girardi vaulted out of obscurity as the first lawyer to break the $1 million trial verdict ceiling in a medical malpractice case in California. And in the years that followed, his firm went in cases for hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars. He would say somewhat truthfully that Peter Coyote played him in the two, 2000 movie Aaron Brockovich about a $330 million toxic tort victory he helped to win. If you don't know the movie, Aaron Brockovich is basically a mother that went to a law firm. She um, helped out this law firm, basically beat a big, uh, I want to say big toxic company because this company was uh, spewing out their toxic into this town's water supply. It stars Julia Roberts in it. I remember me and my mother watching it and that is a good movie. It shows how if you work at a place and you do good by your clients and you do what's right by your clients, you will ultimately have your clients trust and hopefully you'll win your case just because you know what's right is right. I'm not saying all cases go that way because we all know the court system is real, real fickle. But in that movie, that uh, case was won by the defendants and they were able to get money. And so happened, this movie was about Tom Girardi. And the thing that I'm getting at this, this week I was watching a Hulu documentary on YouTube called The Hustler and the Housewife. And it's about Tom Girardi and his wife, or soon-to-be ex-wife, Erica Jane. Erica Jane is a housewife on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills on Bravo TV. And the documentary went, and they talked about how Tom Girardi uh, took money from his clients. He took money from his clients, and he would win... uh, these big substantial amounts of money from all of these type of pharmacies or these big time corporations in the as a lawyer you're supposed to uh hand out your money to your clients after you get paid what you're supposed to get paid and then the rest of your money goes directly to your clients that didn't happen with tom girardi in the documentary they are claiming and they are stating that tom girardi did never give any of his clients any of the money that he won now, in the documentary, you see uh, Tom Girardi being depositioned online, and this was during the COVID pandemic, basically last year, and they show him uh, talking about how he once had $50 million in cash or $80 million in cash, and now it's all gone. He has basically no money, okay? So now he's basically broke. He's getting a divorce from his wife, and his wife moved out into a smaller home, and she even chronicalized this on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. It chronicalized her leaving the house and going to a smaller house and her bringing her stuff from the other house into that small house. Long story short, because I'm not trying to carry this out long, Tom Girardi now has to pay off uh, his clients that are suing him for the money that he was supposed to give them after he won their cases. And in the documentary, there was one family in particular that is getting their money at the front of the line, and the family are named the Rugamess family. 
The Rugamas family are getting paid first. They are a family of a kid. Well, not a kid anymore. He's a man now, and his mother are getting paid because I believe in a documentary it stated that he uh, was burning from the inside out. And uh, every time he would ingest, like, breathe in, he was, like, breathing in flames, and you could see that his body is all burnt up. It's a great documentary to watch if you want to learn about Tom Girardi and him taking from his clients and never repaying them the money. This is what I'm state. What I want to state is this. Whenever you have a lawyer, ladies and gentlemen, I understand every lawyer is going to promise you, hey, we're going to win. Hey, I want to try to do what's best for you and your family. Hey, and whatever they want to try to sell you, any pipe dream. This is what happened with the Rugamas family. Tom Girardi made them feel comfortable. Tom Girardi uh, played that nice guy image. He did everything he could do to have him be signed on as their lawyer for this, well, this lawsuit that they were having against this company. Oh, right here. And this is coming from E! News. I'm sorry, right here. As E! News previously reported, Tom represented a family in a lawsuit against the Pacific Gas and Electric Company after their son, Joseph Rugamez, suffered near-fatal injuries from a gas line expulsion. At the time, they were awarded a non-disclosed amount as part of a settlement, but as Kathy Rugamez alleged in the ABC News documentary, The Hustler and the Housewife, Tom allegedly promised the investment promised to invest the settlement money and give Joseph a monthly allowance. However, the family told ABC News Tom allegedly stopped dispersing the settlement money and the family successfully sued Tom for legal malpractice and obtained a judgment order against him in April 2020. In April of this year, the Rugamez family once again filed a complaint against Tom in his Chapter 11 bankruptcy claims. Rugamez claims they had yet to receive the $11 million they were promised according to the Reuters who obtained the complaint. As a result, the family asked the judge to allow them to sue Erica for the money owed, citing a bankruptcy trustee's June report filed with the court that Tom's law firm, Girardi Keese, allegedly gave Erica's businesses $20 million in loans, some of which may have come from settlement pro- settlements. This week, the judge signed off on the Rugamez request with the court order reading, all assets identified by the Rugamez family shall be subject to all rights of the Girardi bankruptcy estate and the Girardi bankruptcy estate, which parties shall meet and confer in in good faith to determine the character slash ownership of the identified assets. Erica's attorney filed in opposition to the order on July 5th. This is the latest development in Erica and Tom's legal battle, which began in the fall of last year, shortly after the real housewife of Beverly Hills star filed for divorce. At the time, she said in a statement, after much consideration, I have decided to end my marriage with Tom Girardi. This is not a step taken lightly or easily. I have great love and respect for Tom for our years and the lives we built together. I just want to break that down to you right now. Tom Girardi had a lot of money and from... Uh, Suing a big company like a gas and electric company, think about it. That is big money that you're dealing with. So he had to win a case against a big corporation, get big money, and just so happened not to pay his clients. That's dirty and shady and shysty in the foulest and foulest of ways. I told you guys last episode why I didn't want to be a lawyer, and this right here proves my point. 
You have to be responsible to the people that you are representing. You have to be at the top of your game to promise them all these things and just to swipe and snatch all these things away from them after you promise them is a grimy thing to do. I am a man of my word. I try in all my cases to be a man of my word. In every instances that I say and in instances that I do on this life, I try to be a man of my word. If I tell you I'm going to be there, I'm going to be there. I might be a minute or minute late, but I will be there. If I'm going to be even, even if I'm going to be a minute late, I'm going to call you up and tell you, hey, I'm running a little bit late, but I'm still on my way there to let you know that I'm still there. And if anything, I try to be there straight up an hour or 30 minutes earlier because I hate being late, but things do happen. I'm a man of my word. And as a lawyer, you have to be a man of your word on everything that you do. You can't screw your clients over. Because when you screw your clients over, you lead them with a bad taste in their mouth for all lawyers. Because that's not fair for another lawyer to try to come in, try to fix the crap that you have done to them. It's like, I'll give you this example. Right now, if I were trying to date a woman and she had a bad relationship with another man and she treats me foul, I have to try to build her up and have her trust me because she now thinks that all men are the same off of that one bad experience that she had with that last dude who treated her foul. And vice versa, in that exact same way, if you want to think about a woman having to build up a man after the last relationship that he was in with a female that treated him wild and foul, this woman has to build him back up. In an instance, a lawyer has to build up their clients at the very beginning to trust them because lawyers already come with the notion that they're nasty, dirty, and grimy. That is always the perception of lawyers in every movie, television show, any type of example or anything that people will tell you about a lawyer. We always think, okay, they're slimy and dirty and nasty. Nobody ever says, oh, this lawyer is great. And you got like 10 people following up right behind them saying, oh yeah, that person is great. Because off instance and off the idea, if you have 10 people behind that person saying this person is great, you're going to think, oh, these people are on the payroll of this lawyer to just say that I'm great. A lawyer has to be held responsible as the highest of high. And for Tom Girardi to take these clients that he has and take their money that he won from these cases and keep it for himself and spend it on himself and his wife, and just have these big, luxurious lifestyles, because ladies and gentlemen, Beverly Hills, I don't know if you know this or not, that's not a cheap place to live. California isn't a cheap place to live. California and New York are two places that are not cheap to live in. I went, matter of fact, let me give you a story right now. I hope my mother doesn't get upset about this. Hi, mom. Last, 2019. 2019, my mom and myself and my brother took ourselves to a trip to uh, New York. My mom wanted to do that because we were on spring break at the time. We just got into college, and my mom wanted to treat us. So we go to New York, and it's, first and foremost, we had a very, very difficult time to even get into New York because we tried to rent a car, and the rental agency wouldn't do it because 
uh, I don't know one way or another. We got there straight up at four o'clock. We left the freaking car agency dealership right around like eight or nine. So that's give you about four or five hours of us trying to negotiate with this car agency to try to give us a car. Let me fast forward it. We go to New York. We're now in the hotel that my mom already booked us into. And let me tell you guys on the New York hotel that my mom put us in it was a small hotel room. Ladies and gentlemen, it was mad small. I wish I had photos to show you guys this because if I would, I would show it right now on my social media website or my social media pages. But I don't have photos. I wish I could to go back in time and snap it. But anyway, it was a small room, okay? And me and my brother got into the room and boy were we starting to pick at certain things. The lamp in there was messed up. I mean, the lamp shade was held on by a screw and that screw was untightened and we tried to screw the screw back onto the lamp. It wouldn't screw back on. And the television on the wall was half on, half off. No, not half on, half off. It was on, but looking for cable or something, it was just so staticky. Me and my brother started to laugh. And come to find out, my mom tells us, you guys are making me feel real horrible. And we tell my mom, mom, no, 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 no. We appreciate what you have done for us. We appreciate that you wanted to take us to New York and do this for us. We're just laughing at how this room is right now. We're laughing at the situation that we're in. So that's what we were laughing at. We always try to make sure and tell our mother that we appreciate her for everything that she's tried to, and everything that she has done for us. And in this, in this example, she takes us to New York, and everything is so expensive. Everything is so expensive, and everybody's trying to hustle. I can never, ever uh, get mad at a hustler for trying to hustle. I can never do get mad at that, but my biggest thing that I was trying to get at is that the, probably the for how much money my mother spent on this whole New York trip and the amount of quality that we got from it completely does not justify the means for living in New York. Uh, God bless anybody that lives in New York and God bless anybody that lives in California because you got to either lie, steal, or rob somebody to live there if you're not working one of these big, high-profile jobs. I'm just going to be blunt with you. If you're not working a big, high-profile job, you're not living in a nice, cushy uh, spot in New York or in California. You're living in somewhere that's dingy, dusty, that's probably have rodents and infested, like, things around you that's not a place that's not a way to live but i just wanted to state that out there tom girardi had to hold off millions of dollars away from his clients and now justice is coming toward tom girardi justice is coming for erica jane now because now the judge has ruled that the people that tom girardi has swindled out of their money they can reap their asses from Tom Girardi and Erica Jane. Erica Jane, on the side, she has a music career, and she has all these lavish, like, gifts and dresses and attire. If you were ever to watch The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, you'll understand that the stuff that she has is a lot of stuff, and she has name-brand things. I don't understand why people wear and have a lot of name-brand things. I understand you have the money for it, but by God... Having about 20 or 30 different pocketbooks from the exact same company. I want people, uh, ladies, I want you guys to under, break this down to me. 
what is the difference in these pocketbooks from these big corporations? I understand the quality might be different, but other than that, what's really the big difference? Sir, is one like real thicker than the other that you can carry a gun in or do you carry your contraband in that won't be this that won't be like showing up on your on these like scans that you put them across in like an airport something give me something for the reason why all these pocketbooks are expensive and I'm talking about these uh big old pocketbooks these Gucci pocketbooks, Louis Vuitton pocketbooks. There's one that, there's a pocketbook that's really expensive that I am forgetting right now that women are probably screaming at me right now that I'm forgetting. What's the name? What's the name of these expensive pocketbooks? Hold on one minute. Let me research it. Hold on. I got the bag name. is a Hermes Birkin bag. God, I was, every rapper mentions it. If you don't buy your girl a Birkin or some kind of garbage. God, I'm looking at the bags right now as I'm talking to you ladies and gentlemen, and God, they're all the same. Gucci and Hermes and Michael Kors, all these bags are the same. Nothing to me makes, it doesn't make any sense to me how women are getting these big bags that basically do nothing. They're just a status symbol. That's all it is. I understand certain cars costing more than the other because you're getting at least different speed you're going faster than other cars will allow you to go faster and i understand that but by god just different bags that are giving you the exact same thing the exact same purpose i don't understand it besides is like being thicker or like thinner i don't understand it but then again people might say joe this is the same thing when you go to dunkin donuts or starbucks the coffee might one might taste better than the other but the only thing that is different is you're paying for the name. One has a mermaid on it, while one has a man running after a donut, the Double D's, Dunkin' Donuts. I'm just saying, ladies, you guys got to look at it, look at some of these things that your men are buying you. If you tell your men to buy you a Birkin's bag instead of like a lesser bag that can give you the exact same quality, something is wrong with you. I stand 10 toes down in that comment. I really do. But getting off of one housewife and onto another, because I don't know if you anybody paid attention. I talked about this a couple months ago. I want to revisit this. Jen Shaw. Jen, Search, Jen Shaw is a real housewife from Salt Lake City. And I haven't heard nothing about Jen Shaw's uh, court date, her trial, anything. And I just wanted to do a couple, a little bit of research on Jen Shaw's situation. And I got this from ScreenRant.com. And the title reads, Jen Shaw's prosecutors believe she's a sophisticated criminal. And it reads, prosecutors call Real Housewives of Salt Lake City star Jen Shaw a sophisticated criminal and have asked the judge to move forward with the case. Jen and her assistant Stewart were arrested in March for allegedly running a colossal telemarketing scheme across six different states. Their scheme affected hundreds of people and specifically targeted vulnerable individuals such as the elderly. They were profit by calling by calling these individuals and convincing them to invest their money to fake projects and services. According to the documents, their schemes began in 2020, not 2020, 2012 and was active until her arrest in March. And she was reportedly making five million off of scamming people. Shaw has been charged with multiple counts of conspiracy to commit wire fraud and conspiracy to commit money laundering and face 50 years in prison. I forgot to mention this too. Tom Girardi's case, by the way, is now being handled by the feds. So Tom Girardi could be facing some time 
in jail as well if they decide to give him jail time. But, I mean, the man is old, but that didn't stop them from giving Bill Cosby time in jail. But people might say, Joe, Bill Cosby took somebody's innocence, a.k.a. had some sexual relation with a woman while she was unconscious, while Tom Girardi took people's money. Ladies and gentlemen, they were both old men. Tom Girardi was an old man and still is an old man. Bill Cosby was an old man and still is an old man. Both of them, or what they did, were foul. One just happened to get out on a technicality because he should have never went into jail in the first place, Bill Cosby, and I stand to toes on that too. What he did was be what he did was a monstrous, disastrous uh situation. What he did was being a monster, and I will never ever back down on that settlement. But if you gotta deal with the DA, hey, they got the DA gotta deal with that and they gotta fall on that sword because they made a deal with Cosby at that time. But on this case, Tom Girardi didn't make a deal with the DA at all. My man is dealing with the feds. So he could be sentencing some jail time. And if he does, hey, this is what you get. You were a lawyer, dog. You should have paid the people what you what they're owed. You should have paid the people their money that they were given to by the court. Not by you, but by the court for finding them the victors in their legal case because of you. You helped them win their case. Congratulations to you. But you should straight up be going to jail if you don't pay your clients their money that they are earned, that they deserve for winning their case. Now, getting back to Jen Shaw, how how do you go on television knowing that you're doing fraudulent things? How do you? How do you go on television knowing that you're doing something fraudulent and just think, oh, I'm okay, I'm fine? No, 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 no. Whenever you're on television and you're doing something wrong, first and foremost, you should never be on television and you're doing something wrong. That's where Tom Girardi and Erica Jane went wrong. They should have never been on television. But, hey, they were. You need to be the silent of the silent on that show. Don't try to get into no controversy or nothing. Just have your feet wet for that first season and then dip out. That's all you should be doing if you want to be on television and you're doing something wrong. But, again, I suggest don't ever be on television. I just wanted to give an update on the Jen Shaw situation, and it reads as it continues. Most recently, Jen asked the judge to drop the charges against her in her dismissal case. Shaw has come up with a number of reasons for why the judge should comply with her request. According to her, her contract, her contact was causing her vision to be blurry while she was reading her Miranda rights which is why she ended up waiving them. She also claims to have been tricked by the detectives into disclosing information when she brought when she, when first brought into questioning. She says she was confused as to why she was there and claims the detectives purposely questioned her while she was emotional to get her to talk. She is questioned for she is asking for those statements to be stricken from the record. Lastly, she has a problem with the fact that she is not able to see a list of her alleged victims' names. As reported by Radar Online, the prosecutors claim Jen and her assistant played a major role in the telemarketing scheme. According to them, Jen's job was finding the people she found most susceptible to fraud and selling their information to telemarketing companies. They claim to have provided Jen with a good amount of evidence that have garnered against her. Prosecutors also denied the notion that her, that the detectives coerced Jen into disclosing any information. In regards to Jen's claims that she didn't mean to sign away her Miranda rights, the prosecutor says that is not true. 
They claim the entire process can be seen on video, and she signed the document knowing and willingly. Jen says her blurry contact lenses prevented her from knowing what she exactly what she was signing. The prosecutors, on the other hand, claim that once the detectives noticed her contacts were causing an issue, they helped her fix the problem before any questioning took place and before she signed the waiver. With all this evidence, they are asking the judge to move forward and continue pursuing the case against Jen. Now, if you guys haven't caught on to that, Jen Shaw is trying to get out on any type of technicality or any type of thing that she can't say, yo, I didn't know what I was signing, uh, my contact was blurry, da-da-da. Listen, if they got video of you in 4K of you uh, knowing what you're signing, you're not asking for your lawyer, your contact is blurry, and they're helping you, dog, there's nothing you can do about this, bro. You got to shut up and let your lawyer speak. And as a matter of fact, I'm trying to figure out why don't you ask for your lawyer when you first get taken into police custody? I have watched every mafia movie and every mafia soap, especially General Hospital, thanks to Jason Morgan. If you don't know General Hospital, General Hospital is about a soap opera that follows the, a mob family known as the Corinthos family, and their hitman, Jason Morgan, constantly gets goes to jail. He constantly, not constantly goes to jail, he constantly gets questioned by the police, and the first thing that man straight up says, that he is not talking without his lawyer presence. That should be something that everybody takes into consideration, everybody should take under advisement, everybody should take into their daily routine. Do not say nothing to the police without your lawyer's presence, because your words will get misconstrued, your words will get used against you, even in questioning against yourself whenever police are talking to you without your lawyer presence. I don't care if they're willing to talk to you about who was around your house at 7.15 and the guns went off at 8 o'clock. You don't say nothing without your lawyer's presence. You don't give them squat because you don't know if they're trying to look for you. You don't know if they're trying to do something against you. You don't know what the police's whole underlining situation is for you. So what I'm saying is if you are ever in police custody or police ever want to talk to you, just say, I will not talk to you without my lawyer presence or I want my lawyer. That's all you ever say. Don't ever sign anything. That's one-on-one. -on -one. You don't sign nothing, and you don't say nothing without your lawyer presence. Because guess what? Anything that's written into these papers and anything you say will be used against you in the court of law. That's something that you should always remember. And Jen Shaw doing this and saying, and saying that her eyes were blurry. Lady, you still signed something. You should have had your lawyer presence to read over what you're signing. You should have said, I'm not signing it without my lawyer. That's how anything goes. I don't care what people say. You don't do nothing without a lawyer. Nothing. You do absolutely nothing. But that's just me from a man that's never been arrested a day in his life. A man that's never been into a police, back of a police car, or went to a police station or anything like that. I'm just a civilian. But I'm telling you, I don't care in any circumstance. I'm not talking to a police without my lawyer presence. At all. I don't like the police. I don't because police have a nasty, they already have this whole stigma about them being nasty against black people and it's been proven time in and time again with evidence that's gone from years and decades that back it up. 
So it's been ingrained in me not to say nothing to police officers. It's been ingrained in me not to like police officers. But I'm getting back on topic. Jen Shaw is still facing these whole court proceedings. And also, she was arrested while her season of Real Housewives was being taped. And her season usually happens like in like the fall, like fall, winter. So her season is going to show up around November or even December. So I'm going to be watching that season because I watch all these Real Housewives with my mom. Except for Atlanta. We didn't watch this. We haven't watched Atlanta in a good couple of years. But getting back to my point, I'm going to watch this season more specifically for Jen Shaw to see how she says anything on camera. Because yet again, all these women love the spotlight. Because if you didn't love the spotlight, you wouldn't be on these shows like the Housewives. Because the Housewives are nothing but catty women. Nothing but. That's all it's for. So, again, if you're doing anything wrong, one, do not go on television. Ever. And two, as a lawyer, if you are a lawyer, do right by your clients. Don't be greedy. Don't be stingy. Give them what they are earned. Give them what the court has decided to give them. And do not try to live out this big, lavish lifestyle if you know that in your budget. Don't try to keep up with the Joneses. Be you. Be what makes you happy. If you are a dirtbag, don't become a lawyer. Don't, because you are making it way worse for anybody else that's hard to become a lawyer. You're making it hard for people that love the law and that love to be a lawyer. You're making it hard for them to try to even get clientele. And speaking on to another guy who tried to be greedy, it's a guy that I think that you guys haven't heard from in a long time. And the lawyer goes by the name of Michael Avenatti. Now, if you don't remember Michael Avenatti, let me just break down some backstory. Michael Avenatti was the lawyer that was with the former adult star Stormy Daniels when she was trying to sue Donald Trump for the NDA that she broke and how she talked about how Donald Trump did uh, things towards her. And she got money and she won from uh, Donald Trump and she was able to break out of her NDA. That Michael Avenatti. Michael Avenatti now is going to be sentenced to 2.5 years in prison for trying to extort this famous shoe branding company, Nike. He tried to extort Nike, ladies and gentlemen, and now he will be going to jail for 2.5 years. And this is coming from CNN News. As Reed, a federal judge on Thursday, sentenced celebrity lawyer turned criminal defendant Michael Avenatti to 30 months in prison for attempting to extort millions of dollars from Nike. Avenatti, who rose to fame as Stormy Daniels' lawyer, was convicted in February 2020 of three counts for threatening to publicly accuse the sportswear company of or illicit paying amateur basketball players unless Nike paid him. Mr. Avenatti's conduct was outrageous, U.S. District Judge Paul said during sentencing. Mr. Avenatti has become drunk on power of his platform or what he perceived his platform to be. Speaking before the court Thursday, Avenatti openly whelped, choking up at several points and pausing in his remarks before continuing, referring to the two mediums that fueled his rise to fame. He told the judge that TV and Twitter, your honor, mean nothing. I betrayed my own values, my friends, my family, and myself. 
and he said, I and I alone have destroyed my career, my relationships, and my life. According to evidence presenting at trial, Avenatti told lawyers for Nike that he would hold a news conference claiming the company illegally paid players in exchange for not going public. Avenatti demanded Nike pay his client at the time, youth basketball coach Gary Franklin, $1.5 million, pay Avenatti and another attorney $12 million, and guarantee $15 to $25 million in payments for an internal investigation. After initial conversations with Avenatti, Nike's lawyers had approached prosecutors about what they believed was intent to extort them. The FBI secretly recorded subsequent conversations between Avenatti and the Nike lawyers, and the colorful quotes, many of which the judge read aloud Thursday, formed the biases for the indictment. Avenatti 50 still faces trials on two additional criminal indictments. One in New York over allegation he defrauded Daniels, his former client, out of 300000 from her book advance, and another in California for allegedly defrauding other clients of his law firm. The sentence Avenatti received Thursday was significantly lower than that recommended by the sentencing guideline, which called for 108 to 135 months in prison, though higher than the six months his counsel had requested. Avenatti's lawyer, Danya Perry, told the court that he really did want to be the David fighting the Goliath. She added, he certainly lost his way. Prosecutor Matthew, however, said, Avenatti has shown a profound lack of remorse. This case was not about hard-nosed negotiations, he said. It was about deceit. It was about threats. It was about taking from others. And it was about abuse of trust. In determining Avenatti's sentencing, the judge said that one of the factors he had taken into consideration were the horrific conditions Avenatti had endured at the Metropolitan Correctional Center, the facility, the federal facility in Lower Manhattan where Avenatti was held at the start of his detention. Avenatti was held in solitary confinement for 100 days, according to his lawyer, and then twice in lockdown, once because someone had smuggled a gun into the facility and once due to due to the coronavirus. The judge said the conditions of Avenatti's confinement that it was hard to believe they could occur in the United States of America. The judge also said a lengthy sentence for Avenatti would not be just because another lawyer who prosecutors once called a co-conspirator was ultimately never charged. The judge ordered Avenatti to report to a federal prison camp in Oregon by September 15th. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Avenatti is able to enjoy summer. Sun's out with the guns out, enjoying himself this whole summer, getting in that nice, good, crisp tan before he goes off to jail on September the 15th. Now, I don't understand how a judge can order a man to, well, you got to go to jail by September 15th. Hold up, wait a minute. You mean to tell me that this man isn't in jail right now? You mean to tell me that they didn't haul this man off to jail right now that he can easily enjoy the rest of his summer vacation until September the 15th? There is no way if this, I hate, no, I don't hate to say it. If this was a black man, this man would have been arrested. They didn't take time for Bill Cosby. For the love of God, they got this man complete out of here. If you go into jail, you should be certain right then and there, there is no such thing as a wait time. No, you go to jail right then, right there. It doesn't matter if your affairs are in order or not. For people that 
do murder. They are not, their affairs are in order whenever they get picked up and they get sentenced to jail, even if they're on bail and they go on, do their whole court and do the whole trial. I guarantee you all their whole bases of livelihood are not met and dealt out accordingly. But you gave this man, Michael Avenatti, the opportunity to enjoy the summer for until September 15th. This is this is ridiculous. Yet again, corruption at his finest. He did something wrong. And I don't know. Let me let me calm myself down here. Michael Avenatti tried to get money for his client, $1.5 million, for his client at the time, Gary Franklin, okay, a youth basketball coach. And then he tried to get himself and another attorney, $12 million. If you break that down in half, that's $6 million each. And then a guarantee of fifteen to twenty-five million in payments for an internal investigation, basically pickpocketing the money themselves. So that man would have made out nicely. Nike decided to say, "Screw that. We're going to the feds with this. We're going to the court with this." And they got my man Michael. Now, yet again, he did wrong. He tried to extort somebody. You can't, as a lawyer, try to extort people. I know it seems glamorous. It seems like a lot of fun to extort people on television and in movies. But ladies and gentlemen, your life, this life right now that we're living is not a television series. It's not a movie. Certain things that people experience can be deprived and performed out in a movie or television series. But ladies and gentlemen, you got to remember a television series and a movie does have an end date, does have a script does have a season finale or the ending of the movie where after that, the actors get out of that scene, get out of the series, and they go on to something else. They go on to regular life. If you are a lawyer, I'll say it again. Your one job is to defend and represent your client that you are hired to represent. And Michael Avenatti tried to extort Nike, not for his client, but for himself. Because, yeah, I got away with it with Stormy Daniels, and I was going against the highest powerful man in the land, the United States of America at the time, the president at the time, Donald Trump, and he won with Stormy Daniels. He thought, I beat the president. Why can't I beat Nike? Nike is a step below the president. The president is the figurehead of America. Why couldn't I beat Nike? How? Hell, I can beat Nike. No. Nike said, you know what, screw that. We got too much money on the line. Get, I guarantee you, they just, if Mikey, Michael would have just stuck with the whole 1.5 for his client, Nike would have paid that off easily. But Michael got too greedy. And this is a thing that I want everybody to believe and everybody to receive right now. Since this is Sunday, I'm about to preach to you right now. If you're on a game show, if you're on a game show and you have enough money you got to think to yourself, is this enough for my family to eat? AKA, my family got to eat. Is this enough to basically sustain my family? If it is, walk away. Michael would have gotten his about a good 300000 or probably 400000 out of that 1.5 that he's supposed to give and would have been awarded to his client if Nike would have paid. But no, he got greedy. He wanted $6 million. And on top of that, give us about a good 15 to $25 million. No, my G. You were trying to overfeed your family, dog. No. No, no, no. 
you got too greedy. This is when corruption comes in as being a lawyer. This is when corruption comes in on the things that you do. In life, you have to be cool. You have to know when it's all right to walk away from the table. You got to know when to hold them. Know when to fold them. Know when to walk away. You understand? And Michael did not. He played at that table. He played blackjack. And boy, when that 21 hit, ooh, was it good whenever he went against the president. That 21 hit, and he had 21 on his hands. Ooh, did it feel good. And then he thought, okay, let me play with the big boys, Nike. Let me play the blackjack. And when that 22 bust, it went downhill for Michael after that. Now he's facing for the Stormy Daniels, the $300,000 for him, not for her not getting that. And also money that he took from other clients. I mean what I say. I am a man of character and principle. You have to be about that if you're a lawyer. The only thing you have on this planet is your word. And if you, as the, a person, don't have your word, you have nothing. Paperwork is good. But what happens if you meet with somebody that's a high clientele and they don't want to do paperwork and they say, my word is bond. Are you going to believe their word? I guarantee you, you will. If you want that bag, you going to believe their word every bit if they say they don't do paperwork. And if guess what? You're going to take that chance because every person believes that their word is bond. And if you don't, you always go to paperwork. But then again, as I said in this example, if somebody doesn't want to do paperwork and they said my word is bond, you're going to say, huh, screw it. You have a 50-50 shot and more or less, you're going to take it and just hope that this person does what they're supposed to do. And as a lawyer, you're supposed to do what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to do your job. You don't ever defraud your people. You don't ever defraud the people you're supposed to be representing. That's disgusting. That is highway robbery. How dare you? How dare you as a lawyer take away money from your people? How dare you not pay your people that you are representing? How dare you? You're being nasty. Again, you're being a heathen. I mean what I say. Don't be a heathen, ladies and gentlemen. Don't be dirty. Be right. Stand on that sword. Stand 10 feet, 10 toes down in what you say and what you mean. If you're going to be a thief, say you're going to be a thief. At least you're up front with it. Don't try to hide behind saying, oh, I'm going to be a good guy. I'm this and I'm that. No, 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 no. If you're going to be a thief, tell these people you're going to be a thief. And then at least they at least know what they're dealing with. I That's, that's the only thing I'm getting at here with this whole corruption deal. We are living in a corrupt society and lawyers are corrupt as you have already heard from me with this whole Tom Girardi and Michael whole situation and Jen Shaw situation with the real housewife corruption because she tried to take away from elderly people Jesus the elderly dog they ain't got much time to live on this planet and I hate that people don't like to really really talk about it but let's be honest if you're on, if you're 70 and above, you ain't got that much time because we know 70 year olds get taken out on this planet. And people might say, well, Joe, we know 20 and 30 year olds, but my G, think about it. Which one's more likely to go out first, a 20 some year old or a 70 year old? Likely, people will always survey a 70 some year old because natural progression. People will think, okay, they're starting to get up there in age, at the age of 70. People might still say they're young, but. I'm just saying, old people don't have that much time on this planet. 
So for anybody to try to take advantage of an old person, you're not a good person. And right now, I can't say Jen Shaw did take advantage. I can't say that she didn't. I only can say that right now is not looking good for her because she was on television just flaunting this house and flaunting these uh, people that she was with. Oh, yeah. Cap and oh, yeah. A little thing about Jen Shaw on the show, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, if you haven't seen it. She will have multiple different assistants, and each assistant were to do a specific job. One assistant was to take care of the house, or one assistant was to get her paperwork. One assistant was to get her snacks, because she was a real snacky type of girl. She had assistants for everything. God, you don't need that many assistants. You don't need that many people to do a simple job and a simple task for you. And you don't need to be trying to defraud people. These people have worked to the bone to get the money that they have. And for you to try to swindle them out, it's understandable that if they were going into a, a stock market, a stock market is a 50-50 chance. More or less, I give it a 7-30, 70 or more likely your stock might crash and you don't get no money back or 30% is you might win some type of money back and sell it off and get money and re uh, get more money than what you started out. But this wasn't a stock market situation. She was swindling these people, never giving them their money, living a good life, living in these nice places. Dude, come on. And even on these shows, certain women, certain women on these shows are not living in these places. They're renting these places out to make you think that they're living here to live and be with the Joneses. Again, overarching topic, don't be corrupt and don't try to live like the Joneses. Live within your means. Make sure your family eats. Don't overfeed them. Make sure they eat and that they're comfortable. Don't ever overfeed them. Because that's whenever corruption and your ego gets in the way. And before I get off of this whole episode and send you guys about your way, I want to just talk about TikTok for a minute. Now, I don't know if you guys have noticed this, if you are on TikTok or not. TikTok, mm, two years ago, was the app for people dancing and music will pop on and people would dance and do all the stuff. It really blew up more on last year with Corona because everybody was in their house and people had to entertain themselves. And this is whenever people started to do TikTok dances to songs. Recently, black creators on TikTok are banding together and are on strike. Black dancing creators, to be more specific, are on strike they are wanting to get paid because you see these white i was going to say a terrible word here but these white little children these white teenagers i can't even call them influencers because they're thieves you will see these white thieves steal from these black content creators dances and everything else and not crediting them for jack squat and you see these white creators get on these late night television shows like the addison rays and the charlie d'amelio and these whole hype house i was gonna i was about to go there all these individuals that will be stealing for black content creators dances and everything else and they would never get credited for their dance and anything else for bringing it towards the media. And it even got bad that, you know, the whole make. If you don't know, last year, Savage came out with Meg Thee Stallion. And even in the music video, the 
created, they took the black content creators dance and cartoonized it for her whole music video of I'm a Savage. <laughs> I'm trying to pick my words real calmly and carefully here as I say what I want to say because I'm getting real frustrated. I'm applauding these black content creators for wanting to get paid and wanting to get recognized because there has been a lot of times on this planet that they, that we as black people do not get the credit that we deserve. We don't. I'm going to reiterate this again. And this is only speculatory and allegedly. Black content creators have been creating things for a long period of time. And our stuff has gotten jacked and ripped and white washed. Betty Boop was a black woman and then they got turned into a white woman. Elvis Presley, he took from black artists and he whitewashed it and formed to Elvis. I can't really blame Elvis because Elvis did what he was supposed to do. He stole and he franchised it himself, but he did say that he did get a whole lot of his influences from black creators. But then again, he still stole from us. You got a whole lot of people that steal from us and we never get the credit that is deserved from us. Black women specifically, black women will be wearing these braids and they'll be wearing everything else and society will downgrade black women for wearing their hair in a specific way. And then when you see another ethnicity, white, wear cornrows and everything else, we deem them as the highest things to slice bread. I don't understand it. Yet again, let me reiterate this. I am a black man who love every ethnicity on this planet. It doesn't matter if you're black, Chinese, Hispanic, white, Middle Eastern, Native American, the actual Americans. I don't, it doesn't matter who you are. Love is love to me. I'm just stating that white individuals steal more than any other culture on this planet. And right now, I'm talking about black content creators on TikTok not getting their just due. And I'm happy that they're getting their, that they are banding together to not dance for these people to constantly steal from them and not get credit. Black content creators on TikTok, since now I got all that out of my chest. Black content creators on TikTok, the dancers, are not dancing because they are not getting the credit that is due to them. They're not getting credit for any of the dances they come up with. If anything, they don't even get a monthly or even a payment from any of these record labels because, let me break you guys down to this because I didn't know this until the Joe Budden podcast broke this down to me and I then I understood it. You got record executives going on to TikTok, okay? And they see that their music and that their artists are being broke onto TikTok by having these content creators dance to their songs. So the way Savage busted onto the screen and how it got into popularity off of the dance and everything else and TikTok and everything else, that's how Savage got to the number one slot because everybody wanted to hear Savage and do the song and do the whole trend. That's how Savage broke because... The music industry got onto TikTok and told TikTok, hey, we'll pay your highest content creators money to break and do dances towards our artist songs and make our artist songs chart to number one. Long story short, no black content creator got a single dollar from that. 
all their dollars went to the white content creators that got all the follows that have been stealing from other black dancing content creators. And here's a little kicker right now that we're living in present time. Since the black content creators have been stopped dancing on TikTok, guess what? White dancers can't come up with not a new single move on TikTok. Not a single new move. Nothing. Somehow, all the white dancers forgot to dance. Forgot to learn how to dance. They forgot. Because they don't know how to dance unless we show them the way. Black people have been saving and doing dynamic things since the beginning of time. Since we got to America, we built America up, and we says we have set the trends. Tommy Hill figures weren't anything. Nobody respected Timberlands. Nobody respected the Jordans until it got into the black man's hands. And guess what? We made it the top dollar. We made it the thing. And people might say, Gerald, that's not the truth. No, look back at it. Seriously. Jordans are what it is because of a black, because of the blacks, because of our culture. We make it the thing. Me, I find Jordans personally overrated, but the rest of the black community love Jordans. They do, and that's the reason why Jordans are still the highest rated, like, shoe apparel that people want to try to get whenever they can get their hands on Jordans. Whenever Jordans are dropping new shoes, by God, people are on the Nike or Jordans app, whatever the app it is, to try to grab the Jordans. Black content, black people, we make everything better. We do. I don't care what people try to say. We make everything better. And I just want to applaud these black content creators for getting the job done. I want them to stick to their guns until it has changed. Until they, till the record labels come out, until TikTok comes out and say, we'll be paying our black content creators for the things that are owed to them or the things that they create. That's what I want. And that's what I hope to happen. Now that that is off of my chest, I want you everybody to enjoy your Sunday and have a good morning. Have a great rest of the week. And before I get out of here, let me tell you the places where you can find me at on social media on Twitter is at my two podcast on Instagram, my two cent podcast G2. And if you just want to talk to me for either business, or if you want to talk to me and just email me something, my email is at my two cents pod at yahoo.com. You can find the podcast available on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Those are the three platforms where you can find me at. And I want everybody to still wear your mask. Still stay away the six feet. I know it's. I know people are still forgetting their... Well, not forgetting their mask. People are now deciding not to wear their mask anymore. If you have got vaccinated, sure, you can, not wear, you can decide not to wear your mask. But if you haven't gotten vaccinated, please continue to wear your mask for the love of God because... COVID is still out here. It's still running rampant. And there's rumors that it might be a third shot on the way. I'm not going to say that it's true or not. Hopefully this week coming, the the CDC tells us more about it. But until then, I'm just wanting to just give you that little nugget right there. But still wear your mask if you have the vaccine shot or if you haven't gotten the vaccine shot, still wear the mask. But this isn't goodbye. This is until you hear from the sweet sounding voice again. This has been my two cents podcast G2. And I want to thank you. Have a great day. Have a blessed day and have a great, fantastic week. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening. Bye bye now.